the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people. This is so a new beginning for the Youthscape podcast. <laughs> so um, we're going to start as we mean to go on. We're going to introduce ourselves properly and we're going to explain what this is. And then we're going to welcome two groups of people. Long time listeners. Yes. Hello, long time listeners. <laughs> and new people who have been persuaded to give us a try for the first time. What an exciting double whammy. So hello, long-time listeners. And, and long-time listeners will probably hear that we sound different. I mean, Martin, can I just say, it is definitely you, but it doesn't sound like you. I, it, when you put a proper microphone in front of my face, yes. I did 10, 12 years sort of working for a media company, <laughs> and I can't help it. This voice comes out. You launch. It's, it's incredible. It's extraordinary. I, I could do a fairly sort of mid-range advert. I think you should. And in fact, at any moment, you might break into that. So I'm going to keep this going. Jaffa so that- Cakes. <laughs> I love it. Are available so, at Morrison's. Welcome. We are Martin and Rachel. And we are so excited about this new season. We've got a new jingle. We've got some fantastic guests. There's going to be less waffle from us. And we're going to be kind of choosing different themes for each episode, aren't we? Yes. So tell us what's lying behind this, Martin. Why, why did we stop and why have we restarted like this? So we have done 170-something episodes of the Youthscape podcast over the last three years. And we've had an amazing, um, loyal band of listeners who have stuck with us through pretty Terrible poor audio quality. <laughs> Uh, you know, us recording on Zoom from our bedrooms, mm-hmm. you know, with no microphones and, uh, and and sort of doing things on our phones and that sort of thing. And we have uh, we've listened to their gentle feedback mm. and we've uh, we've actually installed um, some really good quality equipment here at Youthscape in Luton, which is where obviously we're, we're broadcasting from. Um, I should just say right at the start that this has been made possible by the fact that we've got a small group of wonderful people who wonderful support us uh, on uh, Patreon. And you can join them. Yes. I'm just going to say that right at the start. So it's www.patreon.com forward slash youthscape. Uh, And uh, if you go there, you can support us for like a dollar a month or something. And that over the course of a couple of years has meant we've been able to buy all this lovely equipment. cable. And I sound like I'm (laughs) advertising cakes. It's tremendous. Now, we did take a pause over August because sometimes we listen to what we say, Martin, don't we? And we sort of were saying actually towards the end of it was the kind of the big national lockdown. Lots had been pivoting and changing in youth ministry. And we were hearing from our friends around the UK and beyond that people were just very tired and we needed a break. So we thought actually we will have a break as well. We'll kind of model a little Mm. bit of Good Sabbath. We can talk about whether we did that or not another another time. Uh, But we we are back with a new season. and it's going to be the same but different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which we're excited about. So, so we're doing is, seasons. Yeah, doing seasons. So you'll be getting seven, eight, nine episodes at, yeah. a, at a time. In the you won't get them all at once. It's not oh, like okay. Netflix. Okay. Don't get them all. You can't like just listen to them back to back. But for the next few weeks, mm-hmm. uh, we'll be releasing one a week. Um, and there'll be a theme to the season, um, which we'll introduce in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then within the individual episodes, there'll be a theme as well to the episode. So it, we, we are really trying to, you know... <laughs> We're trying really to grow trying, up. Mom. It's like, really it's like, it's, I feel like it's like us going to secondary school. Well, interesting you should say secondary school because that neatly leads us into the theme for today's episode, yeah. which is all about schools ministry. It is. In an age of pandemics. 
a year ago we never would have thought that September 2020 we wouldn't be able to do what we might normally always have been doing as schools workers, as youth workers, as volunteers. So things are different and we want to reflect that in this season. So each week we're looking at a really important vital aspect of youth ministry and asking ourselves big questions about how do we how do we do this well in the season of a new normal? Like That's what it. does that look like for us? And we've got some fantastic guests, Martin, haven't we, who are who are both going to help us kind of agitate and wrestle with how difficult this is, but also are trying new things and looking for those opportunities for trying something different for potential for growth and so we we kind of really I was so excited to bring this to you because actually what we're going to be talking about we are seeing reflected all across the UK and beyond so it's really exciting to elevate those voices yeah so the theme for the season is uh, the new normal I feel like I should have a jingle of its own. Youth ministry in the new, new normal. normal. Is that, can we do that one? I think you probably own copyright on that. I do, I own it. Do not nick that, people. I don't think anybody will. Nobody. <laughs> do you know, I think probably, before we go any further, we just, just for the new, the newbies, oh, hello newbies. We've probably lost already. No, no. No, they're here. Uh, we should introduce ourselves because mm-hmm. we haven't done that. Oh. So, um, so you're going to go first. Yes. So, um, Rachel Gardner. Yes. Introduce yourself. <laughs> I am Rachel Gardner. I live in the northwest in Preston. I'm a volunteer youth worker at our church. I do a bit of stuff with the Girls Brigade. I'm on the team here at Youthscape and I've been involved in youth ministry in different capacities for the last 20 years in the UK. Wow, you don't look old enough. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Social distancing really works. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, my name is Martin Saunders. I'm part of the team here at Youthscape as well. Uh, I'm helping to lead a new festival for young people, which is launching in August 2021 called Satellites. You may hear that word again mm-hmm. during the course of these podcasts. Uh, and I'm also the uh, youth pastor at St. Mary's Rygate, which is an Anglican church in Surrey where I live. So uh, that's us. And uh, we're really looking forward to spending these next few weeks with you. If you've been a long-term listener, yeah. uh, then thank you thank and you. welcome back. And if you're brand new, then uh, then join us. We promise not to be too silly. And, <laughs> we don't uh, promise anything of the sort. And, and we, we you've only try. sung twice so far in the so first couple of minutes. Well done. <laughs> so uh, our first guest in this brand new iteration of the Youthscape podcast is an old friend, Wayne Dixon is the Director of Christian Connections in Schools. He's been um, uh, working in and around the sort of Slough, Windsor, Maidenhead area in schools for about 30 years, probably. I, I think, think it's that's, 32 years, actually. It's not unfair of me to say that. Um, previously worked very closely with uh, Scripture Union um, and is continuing to serve those schools. And so we had a little chat with him and we started off by asking him about the emotional impact of being a schools worker, spending half your life going into schools and then suddenly not being able to do that anymore. Yeah, um, I found it really uh, frustrating. My last actual school visit was Thursday the 19th of March at Langley Grammar, year eight, year nine assembly. And then on the Friday, they said, oh, don't come in on Friday because the year group won't be in. And then that was it. Uh, I mean, I've been into one or two schools to drop off. So I I found it hard, frustrating. Um, I felt a bit guilty, upset, annoyed. Yeah, I found it really hard. You know, I've been in schools work 32 years now, and this has been the longest that I've not 
been in school and haven't been on a uh, sabbatical last year. So six of the last 12 months, I've actually not been in school. Um, so it's been tough in that, that regard, to be fair. What is it, Wayne, for you as you sort of sit at home, wait, wonder what's going to happen and you sort of think over your many years of schools work? What is it about schools ministry that you feel most like, oh, I just that that's what I love doing. It's, it's that part of schools ministry and that's what I'm not able to do. It's, have you sort of identified within that any key things that have really been heartbreaking for you? Yeah, I, I have been identifying some, um, one of which, so I was in chat, uh, contact with a sixth woman who's just about to take a year out before going off to uni next year. And uh, she, she was head girl and she was mentioning about uh, the prom, for example. And normally, June, July, I would visit a number of school proms and hang out and chat with the year 13s and the staff. And so I really miss that uh, this year. Um, but probably the number one thing is what I call the hanging around stuff, being able to be in the school, sign in, go to staff room, common room, uh, canteen, and chat with students and staff, caretakers. I've really missed that uh, hanging around stuff, just that ad hoc interaction, how's things going, um, and I've not not been able to do any of that. I mean, I have done some of it like in the street. So, for example, I was in Maidenhead uh, recently going to the chemist to get some bits and pieces, um, and I saw some lads from one of the schools. I had a quick chat with them from a distance. And I said, oh, um, how's it been the last few months? And they said, in some ways, sadly, they said, oh, they've loved it because they've not been at school. Um, but I was just thinking then, wow. And then I've seen some other people. And then where we live, there's a couple of schools where my son was a primary school and secondary school. And as I've been walking past there and thinking about the students there, and I've been thinking, wow, what's going on? And a little prayer for them. And in 50 years' time, when they'll be in their 60s, um, they'll be thinking about the year 2020 and what has happened. So there have been some of the, the feelings. Um, but I'd say the hanging around stuff and then those special occasions, like the proms, I've really missed those. Wayne, um, you've kind of got to reimagine your work a little bit, haven't you? Um, for, certainly for the sort of foreseeable future. Um, and and we've, we've got this phrase that we, we're sort of conjuring at the moment, um, the new normal. Yeah. And we're all trying to imagine what that will look like and what it will look like to reshape our, our ministries into the new normal. So have you started to be able to have some thoughts about what your ministry, you know, you talked about the, the ministry of hanging around. What What is that going to look like as we as things start to change? Yeah, well, the the new normal, as it's been called, the, the hanging around is probably most certainly not going to be happening in schools for obvious reasons. Um, but I've already been in touch with schools back end of the summer term and in the first two uh, or so weeks. And it's been really good to make connections with various schools. And it's looking likely that the remote uh, recorded Zoom things will be happening. I did something at uh, Burnham Grammar School in July, year nine Q&A or year 10 session, the teacher did not, and I was involved in that. And that's likely to be happening. And some pre-recorded assemblies that were using their respective bubbles or year groups. It won't be the same, but I'm very grateful that it's better than nothing. Is your hunch, Wayne, that there is real value in doing things digitally? So we've got all these kind of digital assemblies or uh, Zoomed PSHE times and things that are starting to happen within schools. It might be a way for uh, Christians to um, get involved in their local school. Is, is your hunch that this is a, you know, this is a valuable place for us to be investing our time? 
yes, I definitely think it's worthwhile because I've I've seen some some assemblies that others have done. So, for example, I just saw someone yesterday. Uh, Sutton Schools work. I've got some primary and secondary assemblies, and I was looking at. I'm thinking this is this is great, and and they're using it, and they've been doing it for for a few months, and I believe others are. I don't think it's the best or it's ideal, but it's better than nothing, and it could be a platform for other things. And in one one way, that if you're showing an assembly pre-recorded, say in a classroom of 15 or 30 or something like that, whilst it's different from being in a hall with 200, 300, um, there are some benefits, and um, it's probably a little bit more intimate and an opportunity to share and to challenge and to pose a question um, it's, it's not ideal, but it's worthwhile, certainly in the short term, I think, and then seeing what might come from that and developments that might happen, hopefully, as and when things change and schools become a little bit more open and maybe visitors are allowed back in to, to build, not just on assemblies, because there's a, a million and one other things that we can do as schools workers. Wayne, what I've um, what I've always been inspired in watching your ministry, and, and when I was a schools worker sort of back in London a few, those years ago, you just really inspired me with this theology of hanging around. Like what I love, Wayne, is that you just know how to love the very fabric of the school. Every adult, every every young person, every every space of a school. So, um, so as you're kind of having to rethink what your involvement with school is like, what how do you think we as the Christian community can still demonstrate real love for the whole? school community even if it's from a distance what would you think that might look like well just uh, Sunday was education Sunday I was just thinking about and encouraging all of us in our respective churches and I I listed some things pray for for example a school that you went to a school that you live near a school that your church has a relationship with and things that are reasonably easy to do but are well appreciated I call it tea making ministry and it's from a story i heard to do with kent and re teachers many years or so ago but off the back of it and i know a number of other areas are now doing it and that they see an opportunity of well now you won't be able to go into school and make teas and cakes for staff or whatever but maybe uh, baking a cake and thinking of them a card i mean i had a lovely email from the head teacher uh, recently that, that encouraged me he just said thank thank you and hopefully you'll be able to come back into our school uh, soon and so it's a, a school that I've been visiting for many years I've got to know him a little bit and so I think there are things that we can do certainly I can do and the the, the local church can be involved in uh, finding out what's going on how can we help serve what can we do uh, it's not just about Christian input e.g assemblies lessons school Christian groups because that's going to be another challenge but about service about care about a phone call about a cake whatever, that, those kind of things. And I think they are invaluable. I want to know uh, how much you care. Someone wants to, I don't care how much you know, I want to know how much you care. That's one of the things that, that helps me, really. If you're not currently connected with um, your local school, in, in normal times, we would have really encouraged you to do that. There would have been a, a sort of a roadmap for beginning to build connections with your, your local school. Right now, schools are probably very wary about external visitors and and so on so is there is there any advice you would have for somebody do they wait you know if they're not connected with their local school or are there some practical ways even now to be building those bridges yeah one idea that i think i would would share that um that could be useful is maybe 
after hopefully a week or two has gone by to maybe just drop a note, drop a card into the school, uh, just thinking about you. If there's anything that Joe Bloggs Church, you think that we might be able to do, if we can, we'll do it. So I'm not committing to something that you can't do, but I think that if a receptionist or a head PA or a head teacher or a class teacher, there's someone who we know, or even if we don't know them, but if we've got, if we know their name, if they were to read something, a letter, a card, an email from Joe Bloggs, from the local church, say thinking of you at this time, uh, I think, well, I know it makes a difference because there's something that I did uh, a few months back and had that reaction to the story that I just alluded to uh, from the head teacher here. So I think, what can we do? How can we serve our local school without sort of imposing, please, can I come and do this, this, this? Um, what about, how are you? Um, just want you to know that we at Joe Bloggs Church are thinking of you tie in with something like Education Sunday, because whilst that was on Sunday, actually, it can be any time. You've got Pray for Schools, Fortnight, which happens in May. There's something happening in November. We don't necessarily need to have something in the calendar. Just some, if God places on our hearts, I'm just going to drop a line to my local primary school, to my middle school, to senior school, to the additional needs school, whatever it might be. If you do know someone in the school, that might be a good starting point. But even if you don't, and actually I'm sure if you drop a letter that could be such an encouragement in this time when they're being bombarded with this and that and protocols and all their changing. But they get a letter from the local church or children's worker, a youth worker, a volunteer, just letting you know that we care. We're thinking of you. We're praying for you. I think that speaks volumes. Wayne, that is really helpful, really practical advice. Thank you so much Thanks, for taking the Wayne. time. Thank you. So I feel like we should all have a challenge out mm. the back of this podcast. Yep, homework. We, we should all do that that thing that Wayne described and write a card. Like find a school, either the school we're you know yeah, down the road or the good. one we're already engaged in. I think that's a simple yeah. act of kindness. It's very good. So it would be quite profound to a lot of teachers right now. If you're a head teacher or a class teacher, you're getting constant questions from from parents aren't you mm. and from communities about about this about that and you're expected to know everything about <laughs> pandemics covid symptoms classwork yeah so i love that just take the pressure off how can we support you yeah it's definitely just to be clear it's not a free-for-all mm-hmm. it's not like any card mm-hmm. don't do like a mean card like with poison <laughs> pen lettering on it not nobody was thinking no, of that at all. I have very high expectations for this community. I know a few youth workers who would have seen that <laughs> as a license to send an abusive card to the local, the teacher what? who bullied them as a child. What? This has gone very dark, very quick. We were doing so well in this new season of podcast. Let's not, I'm talking saying is don't do that. Yeah, okay, don't do that. So we'll Instead, learn name all the things you mustn't do. Don't do that. Don't like get a, don't squash a rat and tuck <laughs> it into the envelope. Don't graffiti. Don't. I do, my, okay, can I have one little story? Because we are trying to be professional, but my one little story is I spent ages persuading a high school that I was working with in North London to let me do a project in the school with some young people who are not in education at all. And I'd spent ages convincing this school these students would be phenomenally well paid <laughs> got them into the school within the first 10 minutes they had graffitied all around the staff room oh. and I just stood there like 
oh my days I'm never gonna be let back do you know actually in my relationship that school went from be- went did great things wow. best school, but I just who did, did you blame like, it on oh I just blamed it on myself I'm so sorry I couldn't do it anyway don't know what the point that story was it's really exciting we've been joined around the podcast recording table by the very wonderful David Walford who is the school's lead here at Youthscape David is it lovely to be sat in our presence it is so wonderful. <laughs> I'm super excited to be here. No, it's really, really nice to be it's here. It's nice to be with people, isn't it, actually? Real people. Yeah, real conversation, real stuff that matters. David, I, I just want to, I want to start by giving people a mental picture. Oh, because I'm looking forward to this. I, the thing I think of when I think of you is that you look like so many people. You have, you have got wonderful hair. You've got beautiful features as well, but you have this it wonderful, I don't, I don't want to say extraordinary hair, it has to build but up. You, you look like a lot of people, don't you? And in fact, I know, because <laughs> we've had this conversation in the past, Gosh. you've been told you look like many different people, in, and they're very diverse people. So just give us some of the people you've been compared to. Almost any footballer with any kind of big hair, anyone <laughs> from Marilyn Fellaini to Carlos Puyol, I feel like... People are very different ethnicities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only common feature is the fact they've got big hair. Yeah. Um, young Bob Dylan. Yeah, I love which that is, one. Which is very I generous. I feel like that's not true. Hey, look it up though. Um, I can see that one. The racing driver Senna. Oh, yeah. Um, I also think I look a little bit like if Chucky from Rugrats was a hipster. <laughs> that's also what I think. <laughs> Are you comfortable with this line of questioning, David? Can I just say, because I'm just very conscious that we've now very much objectified your hair. Is your hair comfortable with this? Yes. <laughs> your hair's a part of you, though, isn't it? Because it's, it, yeah. I remember the time you got a bit more taken off than you wanted, and you were desolate. Uh, I, I don't normally go to barbers. So for like 10 years, my sister or my mum cut my hair. I've now got a great hairdresser. But in that in-between period, I tried a local hairdresser to this building mm. um, around the corner, who mm. shall I name nameless. <laughs> and um, I also, for the listeners, I wear glasses. So when you cut your hair, they take your glasses off. And I'm pretty oh, blind. Oh, so you couldn't see what was unfolding. Of course. So not only the awkward British thing of, how does it look? It looks great. I couldn't even see it. Um, but they, <laughs> they kind of gave me what they thought I wanted rather than what I actually asked for. And I was devastated. You essentially had what... Uh, if you're a football fan, you'll know Mo Salah has just had done. He's just had. Wasn't that he's, you look a bit like Mo Salah. Um, but <laughs> yep, another another Egyptian man. Yeah, you do though. Yep, There's excellent. a little bit of Mo Salah in you, and um, and and he's just had a lot off, and that's what you look like. Which we can move on to so some schools questions. So now we cleared questions. that one up, <laughs> David. Welcome. Are you still happy to continue with this interview now? I just want to check that. Yeah, yeah. I've got some therapy booked in for after. Don't worry. <laughs> Not other hairdressers. So, David, you've been working on New Hope, the uh, online conference about schools ministry that Youthscape has produced. What what was the thinking behind that event? I guess in the the current climate, it's thrown up lots of different challenges. Um, And we were just trying to figure out what that looks like for us as a schools work community to navigate through that, Um, both to kind of appreciate and recognise that it is really difficult, that it is strange, that it is tough, that schools are going to look really different and our work's going to look really different but also that there is a joy and a hope by following Jesus and what that means and I don't think that school's work is is finished or done like I think God still has a place for us and he still has a plan for to use us in our schools in this country and so just try and see what God was saying to us as a community together. Can you give us a sort of an, an insight into how your average school's worker might be feeling at, in the present moment 
the way that they will have usually worked for maybe, you know, as we, we heard from Wayne earlier on, 30 plus years has now been completely interrupted and they are, they're faced, to, faced with this kind of adapt or, you know, or do nothing kind of problem. So how do you think, what do you think is the mood amongst schools workers at the moment? That's a great question. I think that, or well, even when we were starting to plan New Hope, we kind of imagined that our school's not going to be around for the rest of the academic year, but we back in September as kind of in some sort of new way. And I think as it got closer and closer to September, we realised that schools weren't potentially even going to open, let alone whether they're going to take in external visitors, what the risk assessment is going to look like. I was just chatting to all my colleagues upstairs and they were telling me that one of the schools uh, are making sure all the kids in the therapeutic group we're trying to do are going to sit forward and have to be two metres apart from each other. So no group activities, we can't bring anything in. We've got to stand with a face mask at the front of the class. We can't really interact with them. And so almost everything we're used to, everything as relational schools workers we're used to is out the window. But at the same time, I think um, that challenge often like breeds innovation and creativity and that this is an opportunity for us to re- revisit some of that stuff, the vehicles that we use as opposed to the values that we hold. So you uh, have headed up something within Youthscape for a while called Schools Work UK, mm. um, which has evolved probably over the last maybe 12, 13 years now as a network for schools ministry in the UK. And it's actually been an amazing amazing tool for so many schools workers to get resourced and particularly to network connect with each other what's the sort of vision now for networking and um, having that sort of community within a community that is the schools workers I think one of the things that I would really want to see um, going forward and something I've seen already a little bit is that schools workers seem to band together more in this in this time than I think I have seen before this idea that people who kind of get the idea of working in schools get what it means and get the understanding that this whole thing is so fragile at the moment um are kind of banding together and so and seeing and sharing resources in a way that i haven't seen before which is really encouraging this idea that we as a community are trying to do this thing together in our schools in this country and so trying to further that whether that is through um some of the great resources we've got coming up in the next year or whether that's through online training or more things like new hope we're trying to set up a bit of a conversation to have afterwards where kind of a sharing place and a platform for that to happen and just to also staying in touch like there are lots of school workers schools workers and chaplains who are kind of isolated in this time where they maybe aren't connected with other colleagues or offices and are quite alone in this point and so just trying to touch base and make sure that people know that there's a community out there who loves them what would you uh, love people to do in terms of connecting going forwards? Is, is, there a, is it a website or is it social media? Like how would you like people to be engaged, particularly if they're schools, schools workers or involved in some kind of schools ministry? I think signing up to the New Hope Facebook page, one of the places um, between us and Prayer Space and Schools we've set up as a kind of a, a platform for this time when schools aren't necessarily letting everyone in through their doors. It's probably the most important, but also on social media, we're on Instagram and Twitter and on the Youthscape website. So just one last question, David. We've talked a lot about schools workers and schools ministry. Like what, as a schools worker yourself, what is your prayer for young people going into the autumn term and all this confusion? What, what is it on your heart that we could be praying for as well for young people? I think my prayer would be for young people to recognise their value in this moment, to recognise the importance of who they are and the fact that they're not just a number, they're more than that, especially in the wake of the the results that happened in August and so many young people feeling disappointed or confused about what that meant for their future and their identity just to hold on to this idea that 
they matter and that their schools really value them and their well-being, not just their results and their output as such. Great to hear from Dave there as we continue our look at what schools ministry might look like in um, the new normal. Our next guest is Phil Togwell. Phil has been involved in schools ministry for many years. Uh, He's also been involved with 24-7 prayer for the last maybe 15 years. And for much of that time, he's been the director of prayer spaces in schools, helping to train others in this idea of going into schools and setting up a reverent space where young people can engage with their spirituality and perhaps uh, even try praying. So, um, so as I spoke to him, really, we kicked off by discussing how on earth this can work right now. And I asked him, is it even possible to set up uh, a prayer space in school right now? It is at the moment, but just rewinding a few months, when the lockdown first happened at the start of March, obviously, all of a sudden, schools were out. Um, other than kids of families where there's a key worker or they were vulnerable. Other than that, everyone was at home. And so um, the hundreds, literally hundreds of prayer spaces that would have happened over Easter and through to the summer, um, you know, we we usually tracking, supporting seven or 800 a year at the moment, um, just all stopped. And so um, we kind of wondered what to do. Uh, Someone had the bright idea, why don't we edit, adapt, a lot of the prayer activities that were on the prayer spaces in schools website and make them usable, useful at home. And so quite by accident, we started a new thing, which is snappily titled prayer spaces at home. So there's a few dozen prayer activities now uh, under a new section on our website called prayer spaces at home. And to our surprise, these got downloaded thousands of times. So through April, May, June, while all the schools were really trying to support pupils at home, what was really exciting, encouraging, I think, was that um, families, children, and young people were making use of really simple, creative activities at home. I think probably helping to process the, the sort of worry, the questions, the confusion, um, trying to reflect on some of what they, they'd experienced. And then as we move, as things started to shift in, in June and July, um, churches and, and Christian schools were organisations were starting to question then, okay, is it possible to do prayer spaces in socially distanced, safe ways? And there's a few models out there now um, and a few different ways that that people are hosting prayer spaces so for example um there's a school there's a team in stafford who packaged up three or four really simple prayer activities into paper bags and they delivered 30 or so of these paper bags to a school um, to be used on desks by young people this was a secondary school Uh, So they didn't have to interact. They had their own activities in front of them, little laminated instructions for each of the students to use on their desk. such a brilliant idea. Um, It's a brilliant idea. A lot of work. (laughs) It is a lot of work. But how did that... do Do you know how that went? Do you know how young people engage with that? Well, I think, as far as I'm aware, it went really well. I mean, that's... We haven't had a lot of feedback from it. It went well. I think... 
but part of the problem for prayer spaces in schools is is a lot of churches and Christian organizations have set the bar high by utterly transforming classrooms into these super creative places but the reality is for a lot of children and young people having a few activities in a paper bag on the desk in front of them the activities that involve a little bit of tactile play use use this object think about this thing look at these cards these postcards that's far more creative than probably what they were doing in the lesson before so they enjoy that anyway you know anything that that encourages a little bit of creativity and reflection is probably going to be good so so we we tend to try and encourage churches and um and, and christian organizations please don't feel like you have to do everything just do something because mm. it's gonna you know if there was ever a time that we need to help children and young people to reflect and process and try and figure out what they've just gone through and what they're going to continue to go through in the coming months it is now we do need to be creative now absolutely and it and that's a really key message is creative doesn't mean incredibly complicated convoluted that bag does not need to in in, it contain 14 different uh clever elements that you've printed on separate different colored bits of paper you know it 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 doesn't need to have an app that goes with it Uh, it, some of the best prayer activities are incredibly simple i agree and i think you know i'm to be honest with you i'm not a huge fan of digital stuff when it comes to creative prayer i and i get that there's some good innovation around at the moment but i think there's something there's something about something visceral i think about holding something touching something placing something letting something go doing something physical i you know it's no it's no accident that lots of counseling centers have some of the very similar objects you know a bowl of stones to hold and, mm. you know imagine this is the the thing that you're carrying inside you at the moment the weight the the the, the, the resentment the struggle mm. um what would it mean for you to let go of that place it into the bowl of water in front of you you know lots of counseling centers and therapeutic projects use physical objects there's a reason why jesus cooked fish with peter you know mm. to to walk him through something a, a traumatic experience that he'd had there's, there's a reason why we do things physically um because it, it it helps us to process and change and move on um so it, but it but as you just said it doesn't have to be really big and dramatic and if, if anything i prefer i think the most effective prayer activities are the ones that use everyday objects because mm. because then these children and young people don't leave it behind you know they've done an activity with a stick or a stone or a post-it note or a or a shoe or, a, or whatever yeah. it is when they go home they have those objects and it, it you know they, they can continue to use these ways these simple rituals if you like um to reflect and yeah. pray if they want to. So uh, the more every day, the better, I think. That's very cool. Uh, what do you think, aside from, you know, um, the very labor intensive kind of idea that you just shared um, that, yeah. that one church has done, um, you know, have you got any other thoughts about yeah. how schools and youth workers can, can create opportunities for prayer and reflection in, in a world where 
you aren't allowed to, you know, potentially have a visitor come in or you're not allowed to set anything up. You're not allowed to touch things that somebody else has touched. It's probably, yeah, it's probably worth mentioning. There's a few other different models that we've heard. Um, So in Colchester, Tim Abbott and CYO over in Colchester, they were asked the first week of this term to set up a small prayer space. Um, In fact, it was a remembrance themed prayer space because one of the students at secondary school had died, not not COVID related, but died at the end of the last term. And so, but but because there were some restrictions and they needed to keep it safe and clean, it was small space. Uh, in in the corner of of a room in the school and five students maximum at any one time were invited to to come and make use of it It was hosted by one of the team kept the distance that the the member of the team wasn't interacting necessarily with the students but was just there available and so five students would use the activities and then as they left these these three or four activities were all cleaned and you know antiseptic wiped and all that kind of thing so it is possible to set up a small space um there's a team in stanford hope in essex who told us last week that they have been invited by the three schools they're working in to run a prayer space for every class so they they said to me we'll be running 75 prayer spaces (laughs) <laughs> this year <laughs> so, so and their question was how do we do this my question was i have no idea how do you think you're going to do it yeah. well so their plan though is because each class is effectively in a bubble and those schools are quite happy for a bit of interaction um, within the confines of that class so the team are going to try and figure out what activities can they use that are quick to put up okay to use by a class but then may well need cleaning and setting up for another class um, a little bit later in that day. Um, I, had, I got asked by a local secondary school here where I live in Whitley Bay to record a little video presentation of how to use some activities. I couldn't be there in the school, but the school said, please, could you record a little video presentation, a little five, 10 minute presentation show them some activities that they will be able to use in class and at home. I think, Martin, I think there are lots of ways that we can um, be creative in the way that we offer reflection and prayer activities. We just need to be creative. We just need to think outside the box a little bit um, and not get too stuck in, this is our resource. This is the way we deliver it. We can't deliver it at the moment. We, We need to, adapt and and innovate just looking back over the last sort of um six seven months is there anything that you personally have sort of noticed um in this time that's helped you to reflect about how we've Mm. been doing our work with young people kind of up till now that's a really good question um personally i think the uh, being forced to stop um, and you know, when, when the lockdown first happened, we press spaces in schools, like many other organizations went into kind of hero mode, I think. And we, we rapidly pro- produced more stuff. Um, and thankfully we slowed down uh, on reflection. I wonder if our natural response is to produce more stuff. Um, you know, much of it is brilliant. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I wonder if 
a, a better response is to stop and reflect and question god what are you up to mm. um these children young people that we're trying to reach out to what is it that they really need mm. um and and how can we serve that <sighs> you know something that you know dr lucy shuko one of your team came and spoke about at our conference last year she talked about um martin buber's work on i thou relationships mm. how we um value the person that we're talking to enough afford them the dignity um for them to be thou rather than it they're not an it mm. that we need to solve not they're not an it that you know part of a category or a group they are a uniquely divinely made human being that mm. requires my full listening attention and i think we could do with a bit of listening right now i think we could do with a bit of pause and reflect and god what are you up to and what is really going on in the lives of these children young people for me personally martin one of the things that has been a rich learning experience is that um my wife and i've been fostering we had a young boy living with us i've learned so much from watching him and listening to him and and learning from him i've learned as i've been read i've been reading about attachment theory and uh trauma i've learned lots about the value of attachment relationships and it's mm. made me think a little bit more about prayer spaces in schools and how can we make sure that the these activities they're not just they're not they're not distant from personal relationships you know that, that they're somehow encouraging connection i feel like we we have an opportunity at the moment to just rethink some of the things that we are doing and make sure that they are centered around thou people children and young people who are all created and experiencing life uniquely and we need to make sure that while yes we need to improve our products and our projects and our resources but let's try and make sure that they they really do connect with people and help children and young people to become fully human that's the dream isn't it mm. this full humanity includes knowing themselves knowing others and knowing god too i love that and um you know that there's something really profound about the fact that many of us sought to um, save the day. Uh, you know, our initial reaction to COVID, certainly the first three months was try and save the day. I definitely, my sort of Messiah complex kicked in at that point and I attempted to create a whole bunch of new resources and events. And, you know, I was absolutely at the forefront of exactly the dysfunction you're describing. And then, over the summer, I sort of, I don't know, I, I started to realize that we weren't getting it. Well, we're, not that we weren't getting anywhere, but, but the problem wasn't going away. And yeah. as much as we were trying to fix one thing, just a new reality was emerging. And the truth yeah. is what we're all learning is that we can't, we can't control the reality we're in. We, we are out of control yeah. and we're, we're profoundly uncomfortable with the fact that more than in any of our lifetimes, really, we're at, we're out of control and so I, f- I find it really interesting that even though we all talked a good game on pause and mm-hmm. sabbath and all of that stuff it's actually taken us a bit of you know going through all the trying to save the world trying to fix things stuff before we yeah. get to the place 
on the other side where we we started to do what you're talking about which is reflecting more and i love the idea of you know being more focused actually on those we seek to serve and seeing god in them um yeah it's beautiful yeah yeah we um i had a zoom conversation with a, a deputy head teacher in america and he said something to me a few months ago which which really got me thinking around this where he said you know so in in the uk we talk about well-being it's a, it's a kind of a common phrase within schools and he said to me we we aren't really using that term what we're using is um a phrase that we're using is trauma-informed practice so a lot of schools in america are adapting resources developing resources and um, schemes of work to work with young people in particular because we recognize that they're all traumatized. Of, of course, some people experience significant traumatic events, but perhaps a little bit more generally, we're all traumatized right now. There are, there are things that, as you just said, that are out of our control and dislodge us from a, a place of safety. And so we're, we're probably all exhibiting some of the symptoms of trauma and certainly a lot of children and young people are, I think, you know, sleep problems, low energy, loss of appetite, communication problems, feeling isolated, numb to what's good. These are, these are classic signs of trauma. And so we've got to probably address, you know, approach the children and young people that we're working with a little bit in that way and recognize that some of this stuff is going on in their lives. And so therefore we need to try and address them maybe that's partly where prayer activities where physical activities can sometimes help us to to move into a better place to move into a place of hope and and um feeling a little bit more positive about ourselves I, my friend tim in colchester he often talks about a, a particular prayer activity that he's used regularly in schools, just using some mirrors and encouraging young people to look at themselves in the mirror, to consider positive quotes, positive phrases that surround the mirror. And he often says that it's almost as if young people walk a little bit taller as they come away from mm. the activity. It's like something has happened to their body even and the, the way they are expressing their response is a bodily response um so i think i think there's there's a both and to our response that's required right now yes we need some really good reflection and conversation we need resources um that help children and young people make sense or understand what's going on and try and make some positive decisions but we perhaps need to go a little bit lower and deeper as well with some physical things um, that will help them to reflect and, and change as well having said all of that, all that brilliant stuff that's been said, the glory and the challenge. I have to say, when September hit, I did feel, I did feel that old, it's September! Like that, that vibe that we get because we're so programmed into the academic school year, aren't we? Yeah. Feel, so even though we've got these limitations, challenges, struggles, all the rest of it, we're going to acknowledge that. I did still feel quite excited about it. I see that in young people year. as well. I yeah. see young people are, are sort of up for it yeah. at the start of a new academic year and they, they realise things have been very strange 
yes. the, the previous six months, but they are ready to absolutely be back at school mm. and they want to be there, which is maybe a completely new phenomenon for many of them. Every time I hear anybody on a radio saying that, they say it with an air of, and they, and they want, want to be there, like real incredible. And of course, hashtag not every young person, we recognise that. But I think... I think this has been so helpful today, exploring both the highs and the lows and the challenges. And, and maybe this is a space that we can think a little bit differently, still based on the same foundations. We love young people. Jesus is good news for them. And, and schools are, are an incredible place where young people's lives are harnessed. Do you know what else I've found very exciting? <laughs> Being back, doing the Youthscape podcast with you. <laughs> Isn't it exciting? I, I am very excited about this Towards well. Towards the end of the last iteration, we do invite we you to go back and... Each other. And that's not what I was going to say. If you go back and, and listen to the other 175 episodes, <laughs> which you probably you probably shouldn't do, um, you know, by the end, we were doing it all in two different bedrooms. Completely unhinged. Seven million miles apart. <laughs> uh, you know, over Zoom. And we were doing our best. But oh, I would dear. just uh, like, to I just apologize. want to pay tribute <laughs> to our patrons and mm. to producer Amy and for the team that have got us into the new luxury version in which we find ourselves today. Uh, that's a very good call, actually, because I think we, we were sort of waxing out on just doing this twice a week. Amy, well, from your little flat in London, you were making all this happen. So big up you, Amy. You're absolutely amazing. She's not got a microphone anymore. No, she hasn't. <laughs> oh, yes. You won't hear producer Amy. Although we have had a hilarious moment of her trying to get her headphones on. So oh, it's amazing new tech. And I'm glad to see that someone else struggles with the very basics. Martin, before we go and leave our beloved listeners to whatever it is that today holds, what beautiful stuff do you want to share? Oh, I think we should talk because I've realised that Youthscape are doing about seven billion different things. Oh. And people just don't know <laughs> I don't about know. many of the things I don't know that the team are working on. So we're just going to use the Youthscape podcast. It's a shocking idea, isn't it, to mention a couple of things that Youthscape are doing. And so I just want to mention quickly, uh, we have created a brand new edition of the Shuffle Mindset resource. So you may be familiar with Shuffle. There's a couple of different versions of it. Um, one is around faith and one is around emotional health and well-being. It's 42 cards. You hand it to a young person. They work through one a day. If they don't like the challenge that they find on the card. There's also a Bible verse um, and, uh, and a couple of other things. They can put it back in the deck and shuffle and they don't have to do that one. But basically it's 42 uh, really well thought through exercises, maybe, you know, rooted in some spiritual disciplines as well, uh, but really holistic stuff for young people to do just to improve and enhance their emotional well-being and so we've created a whole new edition of that so that came out a couple of years ago we have tested it we've improved it we've introduced a wall chart would you believe uh, and it, you can now find it on the store you can't now buy the old one anymore oh that has gone out of ether whatever uh, and if you go to youthscape.co.uk forward slash store you will find shuffle mindset the brand new edition uh, and you get it for £8.50. Let's face it, the uh, Youthscape website is still a very sweet place to wander around when you get a spare moment. Lots of great stuff on there. So enjoy and have a good day, whatever you're up to. It's so lovely to be with you today and we look forward to bringing some more beautiful stuff to you next week.